Hello and welcome to the McGappin Fries Movie Podcast. Hello, welcome. This is the movie podcast that talks about various movie news and then we review certain movies and then after that we talk about the Malaysian Top 10 and the US Top 10. Yeah. Yeah, that's generally what we do. This week we'll be looking at reviews of Crank 2. Crank 2. Um, I'm going to be reviewing the uh, HBO original film with Kevin Bacon called Taking Chance and uh, the very, very, very cool prison break movie uh, The Escapist with Brian Cox. And uh, we should probably get started by saying if you have any comments or if you have any complaints, you can uh, email us at podcast at mcyappinfries.com. We'll even take spam and Nigerian um, bank detail stuff. We basically we accept all forms of mail. Yeah. We don't get any forms of mail, yeah. but we accept all forms we of mail. We accept all males and females. So it's podcast at mcyappinfries.com. Send us in your thoughts, your feelings, your recipes. Remember it, write it down, keep it in your mental Rolodex, and drop us a line. For the love of God. Right. Let's move on to news. Uh, did you read? Did you fi- hear about uh, this with uh, with Starbuck possibly being up for a Marvel movie? Oh, this is because it's a quiet week and she bought some comics. <laughs> no, but apparently she actually said something. Like uh, in the um, this is from the blog. It's not really news, but it's it's, it's a slow news week. It's a slow news week, but this is kind of interesting. Anywhere I saw this mentioned, it said it's a slow news week. Katie Sackhoff buys comics. It's more than just buying comics. On the uh, this Los Angeles-based comic store, Golden Apple Comics, they have a blog, and basically they said that. Uh, and they have a plug. Yes. <laughs> they have a plug. Affiliates. <laughs> uh, but they were saying that Katie Sackhoff, who plays Starbuck in, um, who played Starbuck in Battlestar Galactica, was seen buying up every single Typhoid Mary comic that, that yeah. she could get her hands on, and she also said, and apparently this is an actual quote, that she hopes to get a part in a, for a Marvel movie. Okay, but why, why, Typhoid Mary, they've already killed out a TV show. Well, I'm guessing that it's, uh, the two possibilities are is that it's for the uh, reboot of Daredevil. In case she's buying the wrong comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, for those of you who don't know, Typhoid Mary was um, Daredevil's enemy and lover. She's this multi- mutant, multiple personality that... Uh, One of his rogues gallery. Yeah, pretty much. But um, Fox has uh, said quite a few times that they are looking to reboot Daredevil, so that's a possibility yeah. that it could be for that film. If it is for a Daredevil reboot, then that's kind of cool, because I always liked Typhoid Mary. I liked the chemistry between her and... Uh, Did you ever see the TV show? No. Apparently it was terrible. I never saw the TV it show. Got, I think it got one season and only got halfway through before they got... They just took it off the air, so we can't be showing this rubbish. I never saw that. I was a huge fan of Typhoid Mary in the comic, though, because, I mean, this was... I mean, the great thing about the Daredevil comic is that Daredevil always gets his ass handed to him. Yeah. And um, the, the arcs that involved her were particularly brutal. <laughs> but uh, another possibility... I mean, this is, uh, you know, this is all uh, taking into consideration that this is all true and that she actually is up for something. Yeah. Um, another possibility, even though I was not really aware of it, but she was also... Um, she also played a role in the early Deadpool comics. Oh, so that would seem more likely to me. That would seem more likely because I mean that's the next Marvel film that Fox has put on the fast track yeah. with uh, with Ryan Reynolds. Uh, you know the the De Niro of his generation. Yes. <laughs> Little shout out to our friend. Uh, but yeah, so I would imagine that's probably a higher possibility, yeah. and that would be interesting casting actually. Yeah. If it is, if well, it is. Typhoid Mary's brunette, right? Typhoid Mary is brunette. Yeah. But, but then Katie Sackhoff's bleach blonde, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think the the hair color really matters. I no. mean, like you know, they cast a blonde as Mary Jane Watson. That didn't seem to piss many people off. No, it didn't piss anybody off back when the movies were good. Yeah, yeah, because they went up in three. All, all of a sudden, when when Spider Man three came out, it's like fucking get rid of Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that you hated about the previous movies came to the fore. It's like there was this uh, thing recently. I think it was on, I think it was on Joe Blow, 
JoeBlow.com, mm-hmm. where they uh, they mentioned that uh, Sam Raimi hinted that Kristen Dunst may not be back for Spider-Man Four. They've been doing this for months now. It's like he, he, he was out. He was out talking about. We've learned the lessons of number three. And number three, <laughs> and the lessons is ditch Mary Jane. <laughs> the lessons are get a, you know, don't start shooting until your script's finished. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the lesson of Spider-Man Three. But Joe Blow mentioned that. Uh, this this is a golden opportunity for Sam Sam Raimi to right a great wrong by not casting Mary Elizabeth Winstead, <laughs> and all of a sudden fanboys like yeah Mary Elizabeth Winstead would be awesome. He Actually, was, I would agree with that. Yeah, I would love I would love Mary Elizabeth Winstead to take over from Kristen Dunst. There was some stuff on the on the news wires this week about him being interviewed about Spider Man Three and they're moving it far and they're moving ahead with it and they're planning in this planning stage and stuff and they are learning the lessons of the previous one. So yeah, hopefully just get a fucking script together. That just spells all kinds of danger. Yeah, for him it's and he, and he obviously he mentioned Toby. I mean, and Toby are really up for it. Does not mention Kirsten Dunst whatsoever, and they've never done that in any of the stuff. Like yeah. me and Toby had a great time. Actually, yeah, he actually goes out of his way to ignore her the fuck out of her. Yeah, I know it's it's. Uh that's kind of fucked up. But as long as he gets a villain he's happy with. I mean, I think we could see from three, Venom yeah. was shoehorned in there to please the fans, but he is a Silver Age Spidey fan. Yeah, he, he wants is. the Vulture, he wants Sam, and he wants people like that. They give it to him, he knows what he's doing, he can do them. Just, they should have got somebody else to do the, the Venom storyline, because it was just thrown in there. I know, I know. I mean, well, you know, you can spend all day talking about what was wrong with Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know how I feel about Spider-Man 4. Right, right now I feel about Spider-Man kind of similar to how I feel about Star Wars it's just like I just uh, you know it's like you know, one big you know, man. you're making another one alright yeah okay hope that works out for you fine and I don't trust Spider-Man trailers anymore because the trailers for Spider-Man 3 looked like it was the second coming yeah you know I mean and after, after 2 it was like yeah <laughs> but uh, I guess you know the one thing that Spider-Man 4 has going for it is that you know there's not much no no, not many places to go but up yeah well that's but the problem is that Spider-Man 3 made a crap ton of money yes it did so there's, when the, that when that happens it's like well just do what you did last time I know but it, but it made the same kind of money as, X, as, as, as X-Men Origins Wolverine in the sense that it made most of its money in its first two weeks yeah, yeah. you know it's just that it had a super huge opening and that's made a shitload of money for a mediocre movie I know yeah Wolverine's not doing badly at all which worries me at all at all uh, but so yeah, that was an interesting bit of news in regards to uh, you know like is Katie's is Katie Sackhoff in the in the running for a Typhoid Mary and is it a Daredevil reboot or is it the Ryan Reynolds Deadpool movie? Hmm. Other uh, comic book news that um, we had last week we mentioned that um, Helmsman what's his name Helmsman was uh, cast as Chris Thor. Crims, he- Chris Hemsworth Hemsworth was cast as Thor and this week since the last podcast Tom Hiddleston's been cast as his brother Loki yes the ha- you, his half brother Loki the uh, the god of mischief the the villain of the piece the villain of the piece yes I'm I'm excited about this casting actually it's sh- it's shaping up to look pretty cool you've seen him in, you've seen him play in plays right yeah yeah I've I've actually seen him on stage uh, I've last. Like late last year, I saw a production of uh, Ivanov that uh, Kenneth Branagh was in, and uh, Tom Hiddleston was in it as well, and he was good. Yeah, he was good. I mean, uh, I mean, the character that he played was, you know, like quite stiff, so he was meant to be a certain way. Yeah. Uh, but um, his acting was good. His acting was good, and uh, I've also seen all three of the uh, the Wallander uh, telemovies, yeah. and uh, he's in that with with Branagh as well. And uh, I mean, he doesn't have a particularly showy role, but um, you know, perfect, perfectly fine actor. I mean, he did a very, he did a really good job in uh, Ivanov, and uh, he looks the part as well. Yeah, he seen. Uh, I saw one photo of him that was just like just a standard publicity photo, but it looks like a yeah. sense of menace about him. No, he he does. I mean, and he's got that sort of long type of face, yeah. you know, that works well for for Loki. For a creepy little villain. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I drew like a little Loki mask over his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this could totally work. 
This can totally work. And I love the fact that uh, they're they're going with unknowns. Yeah, I'm you waiting know. to see though they had the casting notes out, they haven't cast Volstag yet, who's the kind of drunken yeah. god kind of guy. I, I wanna see who the cast is him and then I'll, I'll be sold then. You know, but you know Brian Blessed's gonna turn up some Yeah, he'd be fucking <laughs> awesome as a fucking Volstag. <laughs> Brian the line. <laughs> oh, you, you know that Brian Bless is going to turn up. Richard Briars is going to turn up. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Briars. <laughs> oh God. Uh, but I'm. I mean, I'm interested to see like uh, what Chris Hemsworth is going to bring to it, uh, because you know, I mean, like you. If you just go for those of you who don't know Chris Hemsworth, he was uh, Captain Kirk's dad. Yeah, he was George Kirk in uh, the latest Star Trek uh, reboot. And he was, he was, very, although he was very good in that, but he's very short, very short, you know, I mean, like it didn't necessarily stay with me that long. And I, I am very curious to see like what he brings there. Cause apparently he kicked ass in auditions. Mm. Apparently his, you know, he just blew, For yeah, he just blew everybody away during the audition. And it's just really interesting to see. Cause, uh, you know, he's also scored another uh, leading role in, um, another re- a remake of Red Dawn. Yes. I heard that mentioned yeah. as well. Yeah. So it's like going from. You know, like a ten, uh, like a five, five, ten minute roll in the beginning of Star Trek to headlining two huge tentpole flicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, that's made me really curious, especially seeing it's you know it's like all of this managed to put him ahead of the uh, you know chew your food, chew your food. He's <coughs> <coughs> too old. Got a little something caught. <laughs> too old to complete the training. You heard the news already? No. Nah. Um, bec- but I'm, I'm curious to see what put him. You know, above everyone else. What, above everybody else, because uh, you know Alexander Sasgard was apparently a favorite. You know, and Kevin McKidd's name had been bounced around yeah, for so yeah, long. Yeah. So it really is interesting to see what this guy's going to bring to it that put him ahead of those other candidates. Cool. Um, so Mad Max news. There was talk this week about uh, Mad Max restarting up and later in this year restarting shooting. Um, apparently, before George Miller was working was you know working on the pre-production for the Justice League movie that never happened, uh, they actually built some of the vehicles. Oh yeah. So they have them. It was for, and that was for Fury Road. They're now they're not they're not making Fury Road anymore. Seems to be a lot of confusion around this as well because stories I've read were that the next Mad Max was going to be animated, mm-hmm. kind of three D animated. I thing. vaguely remember hearing something about that. And the, the the reports I saw were direct quotes from George Miller saying, "Yeah, he's always loved anime, and I want to do something similar but crazy with Mad Max." That would be cool, actually. I'd be more game for seeing um, an anime version of Mad Max than I would be live action. Because you know what? If it, Mel Gibson's too fucking old. Yeah. He's too fucking old. Well, it's gonna be a new Matter Max. Well, that's, that's younger what, Matter. Well, that's what I mean. It's like if uh, if I don't want to see a Mad Max movie that doesn't have Mel Gibson. I just want to, but it, all you need to have him is just you know even what in, in Thunderdome they never actually they do call him Max don't they? But like he's just yeah. a raggedy man in that. And he just turns out he's not he is the what you call it, the catalyst for the story. But like. He's slightly out of it as well. He's always slightly out yeah, of it. He's yeah, never yeah. in it. So yeah, like, it could yeah. work if they go it could with work. some other people and they cross paths with Max. Yeah. No, no. I mean, it could work in that regard. But at the end, I don't know. It's just like, not to say that Mel Gibson's too old, but it's like, if they, if they were to do it now, I'd be having flashbacks of The Postman. Yeah. You know, it would, uh, would kind of give me that whole Postman, you know, Kevin Costner vanity picture type yeah. of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hopefully, I mean, there's been no mention of Mel with it, so we'll see how it goes. But hopefully, I mean, I always they build the vehicles. That's just gonna be cool. There's gonna be some fuckers in Australia who've been some tooling around in them for the last six months. And the Australians are perfect. Yeah. Uh, are the perfect people to put together a bunch of vehicles that are being made for the express purpose of destroying them. Yeah, like uh, well, like the guys who the the Weta Digital guys in New Zealand who actually you know when the Halo movie was supposed to start, they just built a warthog. Which is the Jeep from Halo, which is a hell of fun to drive. And they just tooled around in it. And the movie's been put on an indefinite hold, but they still have this fucking awesome Jeep just to drive around with a Gatling gun on the back. <laughs> <laughs> it 
That's what I'm talking about! Uh, although Mel Gibson just might want to do a fourth Mad Max, you know, especially with his alimony payments. <laughs> he hasn't, what's his, I haven't heard anything about him upcoming in recently, have you? Um, it's just, um, what is that, The Edge of Darkness? Oh, yes, yes, Edge which of I'm Darkness. really looking forward to, yeah. Um, there was a test screening review of it, which, uh, on In It Cool some time back, which basically said that it's, it's pretty good. It yeah. says, that, um, says that Mel Gibson does his best, best work in a long time, but then again, it's been a long time anyway, yeah. since he's done a movie, so, yeah. See how long. Kind of, this, but should be good, I mean, seeing as that this is the film that kind of lured him back into it. One uh, remake I'm uh, getting very excited about is I heard that during the week they're going to do a movie version of UFO. I, you know what? Fuck that. <laughs> I heard about that. I didn't even bother to look at it. Why? <laughs> Did you ever watch UFO? <laughs> UFO, for those of you who don't know, was one of Jerry Anderson, the guy who made the Thunderbirds. It was one of his live, his first, one of his first live action shows. Does anyone remember how the Thunderbirds remake, big screen? movie turned out yeah well but that was that, I mean that, UFO was always slightly more adult like yes they had the cool toys but the leader of the organization mm -hmm. was just one driven motherfucker he was Ahab mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that cost him all the time and they had a nice in input where the, 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 key, the, 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 the setup is that UFO has been coming towards for quite a while and this organization is set up, set up to sh shoot them down whenever they appear because they're evil green bastards mm -hmm. but this whole they have a very X-Files kind of thing about it like you never get to see you know, for a show from the 60s or 70s, you don't see the bad guys like in V sitting around fucking talking about what they're going to do. They're always this unknown threat and this kind of unknown background thing. Mm -hmm. So a fighter pilot, you know, is involved with something and they bring him into the fold and their um, headquarters is a studio. Right. Which is cool. And which could work well in the movie as well, you know, because there's all this crazy shit going on. Like, you know, they, they may have captured an alien and they're walking them through the place and shooting the movie will cover that. Awesome. Or shooting a movie. So, and I mean, I love the show as well because Ed Bishop, who used to be the Ed Striker, the boss man, who was this driven fucker who was just like, you just kill the fucking aliens, get them the fuck out of here. And uh, Ed Bishop was like the Englishman's American for quite some time. He was in fucking everything on UK TV. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he has that kind of real, I think yeah. I, I even had audio tapes of books when I was a kid. Like, I'm not sure if it was Transformers or something like that. He-Man it was, and he was doing the voice. Oh, and really? he was just like fucking awesome. He just had that real American twang, but it's not... It's like it's as, it's as American as apple pie, but it's still this kind of cool voice. It's like a vocal version of John Ford. Mm. <laughs> Vocally Americana. Exactly. Did you hear about Steven Spielberg acquiring the rights for uh, the life story of Martin Luther King Jr.? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, well apparently uh, DreamWorks and Steven Spielberg, they've got the full rights of the life story of Martin Luther King Jr., the civil rights, the civil rights leader from the uh, '60s. Uh -huh. uh, it's not clear whether Spielberg is going to direct it, uh, but you know. But the thing is, it's another issues movie from Spielberg. Yep, it's it's uh, it's his Amistad follow-up. Yeah, and I'm like, man. But God knows when he's going to get the time to. I actually, I would actually be interested in watching a Martin Luther King biopic. Mm -hmm. I would, uh, but not by Spielberg. I think I'd like Oliver Stone to do it or something. Did he have daddy issues? Hmm? Did he have daddy issues? Don't they all? Well, Spielberg always put them in there anyway. <laughs> I have no idea. I actually don't really know that much about Martin Luther King, which is probably why I wouldn't mind seeing a movie of it. Mm. But, you know, even if Spielberg is going to direct this, when the fuck is he going to find the time to do it? You know, he's got, <laughs> his, he's got his Tintin shit. He's got two Tintin, uh, three Tintin movies. Yeah. His Abraham Lincoln biopic that he's been making since 15 years ago. Yeah. You know, with the, the one that, uh, that Liam Neeson is supposed to be playing. Yeah, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, this, this has been in development for hell. years. Hell, yeah. You know, it's like, but not even development hell. It's like every time it's brought up, Spielberg brings it up a lot. He brings it up in a lot of interviews and everything, and even Liam Neeson brings it up a fair bit. Because like, oh. uh, then what's holding them up? I have no idea. Like whether they're trying to find funding or whether 
you know, it's like Spielberg is just like, I really want to make this movie, but I just got to do a few more commercial ones because <laughs> this might kill my career. I, I don't know. I don't know. But like, apparently, the Abraham Lincoln biopic has been a, a lifelong dream project of, uh, of Spielberg. Weird. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, in, the, uh, in the article in Variety, they said the exact same thing about this, is that uh, it might be put on the fast track seeing as it's a longtime personal dream project for Steven Spielberg and also the DreamWorks CEO and co-chairman Stacy Snyder. Mm. But uh, I don't know, maybe it'll be a companion piece to the Abraham Lincoln thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. And and, and what maybe about it's him? Abraham Lincoln and versus what? Martin Luther King. And, and also, doesn't Spielberg have that remake of Old Boy on, on the fucking comments yeah, as well? Yeah, Will Smith supposedly. Yeah. Will Smith, Will Smith. Oh, you think maybe they're going to test out the working relationship? How much would I bet Will Smith is going to play Martin Luther King? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Because, <laughs> because you know. It's like the hammer, Jamie Foxx. Jim, fuck. Uh, Jimmy Fox, nah, nah. I I Ray era, not um, stealth era. <laughs> <laughs> not Miami Vice era. No, 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 not, no, no, no. Not the soloist. No. <laughs> Can you imagine if Will Smith plays it, but he like he, he fucks it up and gets he all? Play, he plays he plays Martin Luther <laughs> King like Mike Mike Lowry, <laughs> or, or like Muhammad Ali. <laughs> oh God. Oh, speaking of Will Smith. <laughs> this is something that really cracks me up when I, when I read this because it just feels like everybody's fucking buying movie rights to, Every to real, life shit, real life shit is that real life is just so much more terrifying than anything Hollywood can come up with so you know like Will Smith yeah, he's, he's bought the rights I'm convinced that Will Smith is trying to convince the world that he's not actually a mere mortal yeah. but he is in fact the reincarnation of Jesus Christ what's he bought the rights to? Because <laughs> he always wants What's he's, he bought the rights he's to? Bought the, he's bought the rights to uh, the, the life story of John Keller, an ex-Marine who oversaw the rescue of 244 of his New Orleans neighbors when the American Can Company building was flooded by 11 feet of water uh, in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. Oh, this is the post-Katrina project. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> every time I see like a Will, Will Smith project now, it's like, Will Smith is just addicted to saving the world. <laughs> That's why I tweeted that earlier today. I was like, Will Smith is addicted to saving the world. Discuss. <laughs> Go watch his, look at all of his They movies. pay more money. Look at all of his movies. There's a, there's a pattern. There's yeah. a pattern. Even Seven Pounds, he's got to save people. Really? Yeah. Have you seen Seven Pounds yet? No, I'm going to be bothered after your yeah. review. It's, <laughs> it's not a bad movie. I mean, like, looking back on it. But, uh... Yeah, so this movie is going to be directed by John Lee Hancock, who directed The Rookie and The Alamo. Hmm. And I don't know, I don't really know much about either one of those movies. No. Workmanly. The, ro- the Rookie, that was uh, Dennis, Qua- Dennis Quaid, right? The Rookie? Sure. Wasn't that that, that that Dennis Quaid baseball movie? Oh, about the, about the old Rookie. I think, I think so. But so yeah, that's uh, Will Smith's new project. His uh, production company, Overbrook Entertainment, they uh, bought the rights to it, along with Sony Pictures. Yeah. So I would imagine that's probably going to be next for him. Mm-hmm. Um, for horror fans out there, it was rumors Justin Long was talking this week about his new movie coming out soon called Afterlife with Christina Ricci. Mm-hmm. Ricci, do you see that? No. It sounds pretty fucked up. It's like it's a girl in a car crash and she wakes up in the morticians, and he convinces her she's between life and death and starts like pumping her full of chemicals to make her appear dead but not actually be dead. So he just fucking it's like you know she's like she's in the afterlife but she's he's just fucking with her. So really, yeah, that looks pretty. That That's, sounds fucked up. And Liam, and Liam Neeson is playing the mortician. Liam, awesome, awesome. After taking, I'm like, I saw his name. I was like, whoa. Nah, Liam Neeson. He's he's just, yeah, yeah. I'll go. I'll see anything he does right now. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see the unrated version of Taken. Oh, is there an unrated? There is an unrated version. Well, 
The the PG thirteen version was only released in the states. Yeah. The version that was released in uh, the UK and Europe was a much more hardcore version. I've heard a reviewer talking about it, and he said, "But the question you have to ask yourself to take in is, who's driving the boat?" <laughs> That's a good question. It is, isn't it? <laughs> who is driving the boat? Re- uh, listeners, who? Who's if driving you, the boat? Who's riding the boat? <laughs> Email us your answers. Podcast at mcgappinfries.com. Who's driving the boat and taken? That's awesome. <laughs> but it sounds quite good. And, you know, just as long as he's been doing some good movies recently, I think the trailer for, the, the, what you call it, uh, Drag Me to Hell is getting very, very good reviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it still the, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes? Was it 100%? I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah, it was 100% on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Because I watched that and I was like, mm, the trailer, I mean. I mean, granted, like, not that many reviews are in. Yeah. But, but still, I mean, the general consensus is that it's very much a welcome return to form yeah. uh, from Sam Raimi, which is good. Kind of like bodes well for, you know, those of you who are looking forward to Spider-Man 4. Yeah. There's a new George Clooney movie on the way, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and um, I'm I'm I don't I'm particularly interested in this one because it doesn't seem to have a political agenda, mm-hmm. or it, it's not a Ocean's Eleven movie, so that's good. It's called A Very Private Gentleman, and it's about an assassin hiding out in a ta- in a small Italian town. Yeah, and he takes on this last job, but also proceeds to make friends within that town. Yeah, and then the friends complicate the job. Yes, yes, and uh, yes, I, I, for, I definitely foresee a conflict of interest in the third act. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the film's going to be directed by Anton uh, Gorbachev, uh, the guy who directed Control. Oh, okay, I haven't seen Control. I haven't seen Control either, but uh, the, everything I've heard about is that it's very good. Yeah. All the reviews are very good. And uh, he also directed music videos for quite a few, quite, like, he directed some he directed quite a bit of the videos for Depeche Mode. And oh, right, 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 yeah. So, should be interesting. It's from the novel by Martin Booth. Have you ever heard of it? No. No? Me neither. <laughs> but it's George Clooney. Disney are looking to do a Pirates with their other ride, Tomorrowland, with um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson to start. Dwayne Johnson really needs to fucking stop doing these Disney fucking family movies. He has movies. kids, doesn't he? So? He's made enough! Yeah. <laughs> He's made enough of the family shit, you know? It's like, I was I was getting excited about him for a little while, you know? Mm. With the movies he was doing. I really enjoyed The Rundown. Oh, it's awesome, dude. The Rundown's a fucking awesome movie. bring my friend the lightning. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but then he starts, like, doing the game plan and fucking, you know, what? what's that? What's Which that? Mountain? I've actually heard that Which Mountain ain't too bad. Yeah. I've but actually heard that it's ain't too bad. But it fits in that kitty role. Yeah, it does so. fit in that kitty role, you know? And he's like, and apparently his next one, he's doing the Tooth Fairy. Oh, right. I did read somewhere that he is—he does have a project uh, coming up where it is sort of hardcore action. Really? But yeah, I can't remember what it's called. But uh, you know, it's, is it faster or fast or something like that? Oh right, right. I remember it was one some like generic title, like one word title. It sounds like something John Cena would be in, <laughs> or something. But uh, yeah, the. You know, I don't like Dwayne Johnson. I want The Rock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, in this he plays, it's a very kind of Book Rogers style of story. He's a test pilot who ends up in the future. It's like 2030 or something like that, but it's the kind of idyllic future that they'd all imagine in the 50s. <laughs> exactly. He is too old. <laughs> Moving too old to complete the training. <laughs> Moving on to some TV news. I saw TV and comic related news. I saw some uh, bits from the new uh, Human Target TV show. Ah, uh, yeah. And um, I haven't right. I haven't read the comic. Is yeah, it? no, I've, I haven't read the comic, but like Milligan's supposed to do an excellent, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It. It's a, the human target is a guy who takes on the personality of someone who's been threatened. And yeah, he will then find out who's doing it and solve it. The TV show is moving into he'll actually just ing- you know get into their life, ingratiate himself, and amongst their followers, and then deduct it from there because they don't have the budget to do the um, masks every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Interesting. That's that's a really interesting concept. Yeah. Oh, cool. I, I know I, I've seen some of it online, but I uh, like the, like the postings for it, but I haven't checked. I haven't actually checked it out. Yeah. Well, Mark Valley, who's uh, is in Scotland Fringe. Mm-hmm. He's the human target of it. Oh, cool. So I don't know. And uh, Jackie Earl Haley. Is Jackie Earl Haley. That's what I put then, and he's in there. So it'll be interesting to see what he's in because I love him, The Watchmen. So there's yeah, one yeah, scene yeah. with him in it, and I didn't recognize him. He's wearing glasses. He's kind of balding, and he's got a, got a little big goatee. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, cool, cool. Nick, that that was how I uh, learned about it because, like, right when um, Watchmen was coming out, I remember reading that that was his next project. That was where out. Human Target was getting most of its publicity from. Was, yeah. the, was that the Rorschach was in it? One last piece of news then is just that Irving Welch has been uh, set up to direct a movie called The Magnificent Eleven. That's right. So this is remaking The Magnificent Seven, which is remaking The Seven Samurai, for. Uh, bringing in football. So it's a soccer team who wants to defend their local tandoori restaurant from a gang of thugs, thugs via football. <laughs> That's, that sounds genius. Yeah. I reckon it could be good with his at the helm, him at the helm. Like his taste tank on, it could be a really crap, like well, we were talking movie. about it earlier, we don't know if he's actually directed anything. Yeah, couldn't think, I couldn't think of any he has, but I think which he is has probably a, no, 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 Which is probably a blessing. Yeah. Moving on to trailer news this week. I saw a good few trailers, did you catch them? Uh, I saw a few, not too many. Okay. So that see the trailer for uh, Sherlock Holmes? Yes, that was the big one to watch off this week. This looks fun. It does look fun. It, it does look like, fun, it but it also like looks like it could suck. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it does have a look of a kind of a Zorro's type movie about yeah. it. You know, it's kind of, it's action, it's slapstick, it's a bit of everything, mm-hmm. but it doesn't look like Lockstock, thank God, because that would have been just horrible. Yeah, yeah, that's cause, and that's always kind of how I imagined it in my head. Every yeah. time I would think of uh, Guy Ritchie's Sherlock Holmes, I would think it would be some fucking Lockstock shot. And so the, 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 I realized that the third way through the trailer when it was some humor going on with Robert Downey Jr. with the hammers and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's not the way I think you know Guy Ritchie works. That kind of humor would work with him. So mm-hmm. I'm actually yeah, I'm interested to see what he does with the rest of the movie. I am interested to see it. I mean, I like the look of it, and uh, I, I like the tone of it. Yeah. I do like the tone that the uh, trailer sort of sets, and if the whole movie is like that, that wouldn't bother me at all. But near the end there, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s accent starts wavering yeah, all over the yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He kind of came off as Irish in that last scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. That 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 is one sort of thing that I, that I noticed, but I was like, okay, I'll try not to think too much about it. No, but even in the talkbacks, there are some people People going, is it me? Or <laughs> is that just this? Is, yeah. is that I, I watched it twice. It's like, what's going on? Well, they might be able. To, I mean, even if it is a problem, they can might be able to fix it in ADR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another, we got a proper trailer. We talked about the feature out last week, but a proper yeah. trailer for the surrogates. The surrogates. Week. I'm, I'm, I'm liking, I'm liking what I see. I'm liking so. what I see a lot now. I think I mentioned before that it looked like the, I saw some featurettes that kind of gave the impression it wasn't as dumb as it sounded. Uh, I mean, it looks like iRobot, but just way better. Yeah. And those scenes near the end of the trailer, which I'm sure are going to be the beginning of the movie, is where like the surrogate is getting like the, just all the shit that they can do. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. everyone can do these. So everyone's basically a fucking superhero. <laughs> so he's like, wow, I'm walking through cars and shit and not stopping him at all. I know. And I, and I love, I love and hate Bruce Willis's wig. Yes. <laughs> it's like, it's the weirdest fucking wig. It looks like... Like anime hair. Yeah, yeah, it's got this kind of flowing blonde look thing. It looks like anime hair. This is on his robot surrogate. Like, no one leaves the house, they send the robots out. So his robot, like, they could be whatever you want them to be, and his looks like Bruce Willis with a bad wig. <laughs> but then it makes you cheer when you see him in his, like, you know, slightly schlubbier form. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got a, he's got a goatee, and he's bald, he's like, bring it. And that little, and that little uh, shot where his arm's been torn off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, look, that, that just looks cool. Uh, no, but I'm, re- I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to this flick. And uh, Jonathan Mostaf for me, I'll, I'll, I'll always give him the benefit of the doubt. I yeah. mean, 
I mean, Terminator 3, as part of the Terminator canon, was bit, was kind of weak. But as a movie? But as a as a whiz-bang B movie, it, it was... It delivered. It delivered. It delivered, you know, some, some pretty cool action. And the ending was quite cool. The ending was yeah, very good. Yeah, I mean, it is the most downbeat ending of the of the entire series. Yeah. Quite possibly the best ending of the whole series, actually. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, and on top of that, did you see his first film, Breakdown? Oh, with Kurt uh, Russell. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a kick-ass That's movie. That's kick-ass with the fucking big truck and his yeah, wife yeah, gets yeah, kidnapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched it a couple times. It's really Breakdown cool. is an awesome movie. If you haven't seen Breakdown, you should. I highly recommend that it, film. It's one of those B movies that acts like an A movie. I know, but Kurt Russell is awesome in it. Yeah. Uh, I saw the trailer for The Girlfriend Experience. I didn't watch this. This Steve, is Steven Soderbergh. Steven Soderbergh's new new uh, new project to do when I'm not counting my Ocean's, Ocean's Eleven money. Yeah. Um, it stars Sasha Gray, who is uh, a real-life porn star. Yeah. And uh, I haven't I haven't seen any of her work. Have you? No, I don't think I have. No, no. name doesn't ring any bells. I'm I'm, I'm somewhat curious now. Because I always stick around for the credits. I've, well, the, well, the, the credits are in the front. <laughs> <laughs> and the credits are you know like like a long trailer. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it looks interesting. I mean, Sonnenberg, he's he's the reason I'm I'm interested in in the film. Uh, but it looks like an interesting movie. It's about a call girl, a high-class call girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, from what I can see, it looks like Sasha Gray seems to be, you know, she, to the she, part. she doesn't look like she's a porn star playing something. So, so that's cool. It, I don't know how to describe it. I mean, it's, the, it's quite a cold trailer, yeah. um, as it is with a lot of uh, Steven, Spiel, uh, Steven so Soderbergh's ex- experimental stuff. It, yeah. it leaves you feeling a bit cold. It looks more like an intellectual exercise yeah. more than anything. Uh, but... Uh, it looks interesting enough. I mean, I would definitely check it out on DVD. Mm. I'm not sure if I'd go to see it in the cinema, but I would definitely check it out. Uh, another, was some featurettes online this week from the new uh, Robert Zemeckis Christmas Carol as well. Did you see those? Mm-hmm. No, I've, I actually have uh, been avoiding this. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it looks pretty cool. They actually showed some of the that's footage. That's what I've heard. It actually looks quite nice. Yeah, yeah and I have, like, they're using the technology to use Jim Carrey, but he does performances from 8 to, like, 80. No, look, I, and they show they show transition that, and you can see it's recognizably him. They have they they've taken some of Jim Carrey's features and put them onto Scrooge, mm-hmm. but like just the way he's moving and everything else and the motion capture, they don't look they don't have the dead eye look of the what you call them, Polar uh, Express, Polar Express Yeah, even Beowulf, they still hadn't fixed that yet. No, you no. know it was still like <laughs> Beowulf was just funny because it was just Ray Winstone. You know? Yeah, yeah, I'll kill your monster. <laughs> 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 I haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen it? No. No, I cracked up. <laughs> I will kill your monster. <laughs> Ridiculous. I was like, dude, it's like, oh, we are wa- wasting time working out in the gym. You know, you can, you can just like fucking get, get yourself animated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a new trailer online this week for Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, which actually started looking interesting. These movies all blur into one in my head, but this looks yeah. like Lord of the Fucking Rings. Yeah, this looks, uh, this this actually does look like a lot of fun, and uh, I'm not a Harry Potter fan. No. But this movie does look like a lot of fun. You just look like him. Hmm? You just look like him. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> uh, do you see the uh, trailer for Taking Woodstock? No, Ang- Ang- Lee's new flick. This is no. I heard that this the reviews for this wrote from Cam, but I didn't hear. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. Uh, the, uh, Cam didn't didn't warm to it very no. well, uh, but uh, the trailer looks quite fun. What's it about? It's uh, it's, it's based on a true story of how this this uh, diner of sorts that uh, were kind of like unwittingly responsible for the festival, oh. uh, because like. They, uh, they they were looking they, they were having trouble paying their bills or something like that and uh, they had heard that uh, this like thing called Woodstock they didn't really know what it was yeah. needs 
like they've lost their other venue or something and so they need a place like can they come and crash and so he basically like allows them to but he doesn't realize he doesn't he doesn't realize it's going to end up growing into what it does he yeah, thinks yeah. they're just bringing a couple of families over or something oh. and uh it's sort of like this whole unknown backstory behind the woodstock festival i mean i could have i could i could be getting some of the details of the trailer wrong because i saw the trailer like about a week ago yeah but uh it it looks it looks light, yeah, yeah. It, uh, which which is a refreshing change for Ang Lee. Yeah, it doesn't look like it's gonna have any of that broke back baggage. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. But it's, it it, it, it actually movie. looks like quite a fun movie. I mean, being an Ang Lee film, I'm sure it has some sort of it has heart somewhere in there. Yeah, I'm sure there's some sort of morality play at work. But uh, um, it it looks like definitely one of his more I think accessible pieces. Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it sounds like a, a nice. Nice little family movie. Nice little concept. Yeah. And Emil Hirsch is in it. Oh, uh, right. Lee Shriver is in it. Uh, so yeah, we'll cool. see. We'll see. We'll the, see it. We'll see some, on the, DVD. They learned something I'm looking forward to: the um, trailers for the new TV series of V. <laughs> yeah, this actually does look quite good. Mm. <laughs> I was uh, very skeptical of this when, when. Uh, when it was first announced, because yeah. you know, like I, I just got a special place in my heart for that. Yeah, I love V. V was just V was just ridiculous. an awesome fucking show. I mean, because of V, I will see anything that fucking Michael Ironside does. Uh, Robert England. Robert England. You know. Mark Singer. Mark Singer. <laughs> Dar. I am Dar, and I speak to animals. <laughs> I saw Beastmaster one, two, and three. <laughs> I saw a bit of this TV show. I even saw this really shitty movie that he did with Mark Hamill. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Some erotic thriller. <laughs> can't remember who the chick was. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can't for the life of me. Uh, and, uh, and Faye Grant. Mm. She, was, she was hot. She was cute. But they saw it's a pretty cool trailer showing the Martians first arriving, hanging around for a good while. And, or the Martians, the lizard men, or the visitors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then uh, hanging around for a good while and then, you know, coming across all friendly and shit like that. It mm -hmm. looks like, it, like it, it looks like a, a good modern update of the old show. Yeah, and uh, they don't show you what's under the skin until like the very, very Yeah, I was wondering end. if they are going to show that at all. And, uh, and uh, that, that, that was cool. That was cool. I'm glad that they didn't sort of uh, try and exploit that whole monster aspect of it. Yeah. You know? Um, and I like the casting for the new for the upgrade of uh, Diana. Yeah, yeah, Marina Bakarin. Yep. What's her name in in? She's an Ara in. Uh, yeah, that's right. From Firefly. Firefly Serenity, awesome. But uh, having said that, when you when you watch the trailer, it's like you really get the uh, impression that these guys watched every single episode of Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are aiming for the new Battlestar Galactica. They are really, lost, really they wanna, they're gonna, That is always going to be any. Genre show we get nowadays has to have that kind it's of like a leg. Trying to be the new Battlestar, are yeah. you? Trying to be the new Battlestar. I don't know. Every time I think about Battlestar now, I'm just I'm just bummed that Dirk Benedict didn't turn up. Yeah, at some I, point. I'm bummed about that. He needs to he needs to work more. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was I was always a huge fan of the face. Yeah, the face was the man. The face man. Do you ever watch Ruckus? No, I haven't seen that. Ruckus with uh, Linda Blair. No, that was good. He played like this ex-marine like coming home and people like treat him like shit because he just looks like a bum yeah and he's like you know he just goes to war in this small town it's rambo in middle america yeah <laughs> but it's dirt benedict <laughs> awesome <laughs> sweet that's uh, all the trailers that i managed to see yeah that's all i got as well hmm. too old to complete the training yeah <clears throat> gotta make it a jingle so you don't have to say it every time <laughs> too old to complete the training it's burning off now <clears throat> This week I saw Crank 2. Crank 2, yes. 
Let me lead to saying Crank 1, I really enjoyed the first Crank movie. Crank 1 was awesome. For those who don't know, Jason Statham gets injected with this shit that means he has to keep pumping his adrenaline and it's just the ludicrous fucking things he does. Yes, it's... To keep his adrenaline pumping. The first Crank movie is batshit insane. Yeah, batshit insane. That's great fun. The new movie makes that look like Driving with Daisy. It's fucking absolutely crazy. Chev Shelios still lives and... Um, they take out his heart, they're gonna harvest all his organs and they take out his heart and fit him with this really shitty one that comes with a belt on it, but he trashes that pretty soon afterwards. And it's when they go for his balls, he kind of says, fuck off, and beats the shit out of them and escapes. So instead of having the adrenaline boost now, he has to get electricity on the, the surface of his skin because it'll transfer it through to the battery and the battery will go back, it has a rechargeable battery. Right. So it's just the ludicrous lengths he goes through and the way that they do it as well, the, the shooting of it is excellent. When he's juiced up, mm-hmm. it's all this hyperkinetic fucking cheap, Bullet, bullet time on a budget where they have like they just stop the camera and go around the person mm-hmm. but it's like the frames in between are missing right right so there's some insane shots of him just running after being juiced being running down the street with just like the camera popping around him and it's almost like slow-mo and it's just like <laughs> and it's great Jason Statham has a face for just doing that for just screaming at his lo- the top of his lungs are going fuck Jason Statham is just awesome. Yeah. You know, he's. I find it impossible to not like him. Yeah. <laughs> so he spends the entire movie chasing after this guy who has his heart, because if he gets his, his heart, the doctor who helped him in the first one could probably put it back in. But then it just. That's the setup, and then from that, it just turns into Grand Theft Auto, Chef Chelios. It's like when Grand Theft Auto video game, you have the, the little thematic things, like when you're going from one place to another on the map, they're zooming in and zooming out like a video game. It's a very video game movie. Even at the beginning of the fucking credits, it starts with. The, the kind of a recap of the last movie, but it's done in 8-bit kind of graphics. Mm-hmm. So it's all like, you know, it has Chev and it has the heart, and it's all like Commodore 64 era kind of stuff. Sweet. And then it's just like, it shows the heart spinning, which is really, you know, it's only like six frames, something like that, and it's just crack two, high voltage. <laughs> so there's this whole video theme, video game theme coming through it. It's like a six-year-old, what a six-year-old would do if they were put in this predicament. You know, they would just beat their way through to fucking finding out how to get through it, as opposed to, you know, thinking a little bit. So he just spends the entire movie chasing this guy and just runs into people all the way along the way, including his ex-girlfriend, uh, Amy Smart, mm-hmm. and uh, Bai Ling, who's just fucking insane in this. She's playing a prostitute that she, he inadvertently saves early in the movie, mm-hmm. and she just follows him around screaming at him. Really? And everything she screams. She's screaming in English, but it's all in subtitles. <laughs> they put the, some of the dialogue in this is fantastic, and, like, and you would be you know, you, apart from the fact that 90% of it is, fuck you, Chelios. Mm-hmm. Everybody says it in this movie at least 16 times. <laughs> Fuck you, Chilios. What he goes through does all a lot of nice set pieces. It even gets in some kaiju monster stuff. Really? Huh? Yeah, I, you, I can't tell you because it would ruin it for you, uh, but there is basically a Godzilla moment in the middle of it, and it just comes out of nowhere, and you're like, what the fuck? No, I, I really want to see this movie. I mean, ever since I saw the trailers. Yeah. The tra- I mean, I was sold on the trailers. I was like, this this could possibly be the best movie ever made. And the, the the effects work and the stunt work is excellent. Like, you know, it looks like it's Jason Statham flying out of a fucking car. As it's, you know, he's just driving along talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. And he's like, mate, do you know what this is? He's like, well, what are you asking us for? He's like, that's my fucking direction. And they're just having this chat. And then all of a sudden, his car just stops. And he flies out the fucking window. Because he's hit a baller down <laughs> the fucking middle of the street. <laughs> and he just gets up. He's like, fuck me. <laughs> And that's when he's like, start like he like he's not feeling well. And he goes like, "Give me a jumper," and he gets the jump leads off the guy, one on the nipple, and just like ah, on his tongue. That's the poster shot. Mm. And he just does more, like when he's getting tasered, he loves. And when he gets the tasering, he's like fucking all powered up, and he just goes like nuts. <laughs> and then when he's not got any power, he literally powers down. He's Superman, but on a battery. 
Like he is the six million dollar man if they just couldn't find the proper way to power him up. And they and they do top the uh, the the public sex scene. The public sex scene. There is a public sex scene in this, and oh my god, do they ever top it? They, it looks like they had they had sixteen different ways of doing it, so they did them all. Because <laughs> he really needs the friction to keep his heart going from a public sex scene. <laughs> awesome. But this movie is mayhem end to end, and the dialogue is quite funny throughout. And it's just they throw everything at the screen: armies of prostitutes, people with full body Tourettes, Chinese uh, fucking triads, yakuza in there as well. Mm -hmm. Just weird, crazy characters running around the place. It's probably the dumbest movie ever made, <laughs> but I fucking love it. No, it's it's it sounds awesome. Everything that I've heard about this movie is that. I, I know I'm going to love it. Yeah, so I'd highly recommend Crank 2, High Voltage. Check your brain in the door and any kind of sensibilities as well because they just, they curse, they fucking... That's, what I, that's one thing I've heard is that, is that uh, the film, it really does go to some places that yeah. could be considered quite sick. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> but that's very quick, that moment of it. Did, later did, on, did, it's did not you, so Did you ever find it sick? Well, yeah, I'd heard about it before I'm going in. I know, but did you on a personal level find anything sick in it? No, fuck no. I'm fucked up in the head. I thought you're, it was you're, great. I, you're Irish. Yeah. There you go. It, sounded, it looked like a Saturday night to me. I'm half Chinese, so it'll probably be nothing for me. You know, it looks. It just you, looks. You, it looks do like realize, you do realize we eat everything. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like Dublin on a Saturday night. Awesome. So champagne. Champagne. Yeah. Two Champ thumbs. Two thumbs way up. Two thumbs way up. Okay, I'm gonna take the mood down a notch. Um, I saw Taking Chance, which uh, is not a comedy, not particularly funny. Uh, but it's it's quite a moving film. It's an uh, original HBO film, uh -huh. and um, it's actually really interesting. It's based on the re uh, real life events. Uh, Kevin Bacon plays Lieutenant Colonel Mike Strobel, mm -hmm. uh, who volunteers to escort uh, the body of a, a 19 year old um, private uh, marine, yeah. whose name is uh, Chance Phelps. So hence, taking chance, taking chance on. That's right. Uh, I mean, and the main reason he decides to do that, because he's, you know, he's got a desk job, and I mean, he fought in uh, Desert Storm. One. But, yeah. One sequel. Yeah, but uh, Desert Stormer. <laughs> but chose to not go into action to uh, Iraq, mm -hmm. and so you know, like every night he's looking at these casualty lists, and uh, he sees uh, this particular Marine's name come up, and not, and sees that uh, they're from the same hometown. So he decides, he volunteers to, uh, to get a leave of absence so he can escort this body home. And this is, um, what was really interesting about this film for me is that uh, apart from being quite a moving experience is that it, you really get a, a detailed look at what happens, like how, this bo how the body is treated. Yeah. You know, like so from, from the moment it leaves wherever, it, you know, where, from, the moment, yeah, from the moment it leaves Iraq, to like when it arrives in uh, in America and the uh, the process of what the st the different stages of getting the body ready and the whole procedure that is uh, that is part of like just getting this body back to its family yeah uh, is really fascinating it's really really fascinating I mean I guess it's at the same time you kind of already knew it's like you know like the whole process of cleaning the body um, Taking all of the personal personal uh, belongings, effects. personal effects, and uh, you know, cleaning those, and the just the uh, the level of uh, the amount of care and detail that goes into that whole procedure. That's actually what was really fascinating for me, just to see the whole process and how drawn out the whole thing is. The the level of respect uh, that they give the bodies. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like this. Like whoever escorts 
the body. It's like they have to go through this whole thing, like uh, of you know this whole sort of um, training or not, counseling. Not so much, not, not so much training, but there's there are, there's very very strict guidelines that they have to follow when they are doing this. Yeah, yeah. And the emotional journey that it is for them, as well as uh, like uh, just random people that just see what they're doing, because whenever they are in the presence of the body, whenever they are unloading the body or uh, re you know, like uh, loading up the body, there's the whole process of the salute and everything, and it's a very, very specific way of saluting. It's oh. not, it's not like you know, quick up. You know, it's a very, very slow rise, very, me very, very measured, very calculated, and wow. they do this every single time. Uh, they have to move the body. They have to move the body. You know, and it's just the level of, and every time they're doing this, other people just stop, you know, and do the same thing, just to give the same kind of respect. Mm. And that, and as far as what, as far as that is concerned, it's a really fascinating film. And of course, Kevin Bacon is just awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, Kevin Bacon. What I read, I read one review of him that just like uh, really hit the nail on the head as far as Kevin Bacon is concerned. It's like Kevin Bacon, an actor who couldn't hit a false note if, he, if his life depended. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember hearing that. And it's so fucking true. I mean, Kevin Bacon just carries this movie beautifully. Yeah. And he's. I mean, he is kind of the central character for the whole thing. Arsenal song, please. It, he is the central character. All right. He is the central character. And what's really nice about this flick is that there's not much dialogue. No. Well, I mean, it's about a guy who's escorting a body. So I'm already seeing it in my head. It's a very kind of, a uh, lot of lingering shots from a distance. Of yeah, yeah. I mean, if I, if, I, if I have any complaint about the movie is that it maybe could have benefited from a more experienced director. This was a first time director, uh -huh. uh, Ross Kantz, who does a good job. I mean, I enjoyed the film. but. Because you're 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 making a movie about, you know, uh, something that is relies kind of on, you know, repeating routine. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole. Uh, uh, you got to make it interesting every time. Yeah, the whole routine that you that, that that Kevin Bacon has to go through. It's like you know you can only make saluting look, you know, like you can only shoot a guy saluting a, a so casket so so many so many times so many so many different ways. So sometimes watching the movie, I kind of felt like you know maybe if it was in the hands of say I don't know like. I don't know Scorsese or whoever. You know how would that have been different? Yeah. Um, because that does get just border on getting somewhat monotonous after a while. But that doesn't make it any less moving. Mm. You know, and the fact that uh, it's based on actual events and all of that, and that this guy actually existed, this whole thing, this whole this well, this whole particular escort actually uh, happened. And um, you know, Kevin Bacon has his own demons. There, I mean, there's a reason why he wants to escort escort this body because he doesn't know this guy. He's yeah, never yeah, met him. Never met him, at all, yeah. never met him before, and he's got his own demons. And it's uh, fairly predictable what those demons are. Yeah. So I won't say it. If you watch the movie, you'll probably figure it out. There's problems with the hometown anyway, right? Hmm? It's problems with the returning. Uh, no, actually, oh. it's it's not like that. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I mean, I, I I won't I won't give it away because it's not really a big spoiler or anything. But uh, it ruins your enjoyment. Yeah, it, it would it would spoil the enjoyment of the movie a little bit. But it's a really interesting sort of character, silent character study uh, of, of a character you never actually meet. Oh. You know, you know everything, everything that you hear about this, uh, this private is through, is just through people who knew him. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what little bits of information you're given just paints just enough of a picture for you to get an idea of what this guy must have been like. Yeah. And then the rest of it is just sort of seeing it through Kevin Bacon's eyes. And as I said, because it's just you know it's it's a guy escorting a body. A lot of it's done in a lot of it, a lot of it is done in silence. Yeah. So there's a lot of sort of just just nice acting from from Kevin Bacon where he doesn't really say a lot. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and most, a lot of the people that he bumps into, he doesn't know. He doesn't know them, you know, so it's like, there's only so much you can talk about. Yeah. And so in that regard, I found his performance very fascinating. And he just, like I said, he just carries it really, really well. Cool. But yeah, I mean, I would definitely uh, recommend checking it out. It's from HBO, yeah? It's from HBO, yeah. I mean, if you don't take your politics too seriously, I can imagine, you know, people from some countries maybe getting a little bit annoyed at the flag waving. Yeah. You know, um, but I, it did not really bother me because it's not it's not a flag waving movie really i yeah, think yeah, i mean this this is a procedural movie and they this is actually what they do and and it does kind of break your heart at the end of the movie when they show pictures of the real life uh you know private yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that kind of sort of takes you a little off guard Fuck. but um yeah it was a good movie i enjoyed it cool do you have anything else for you this week yep i also managed to see uh the escapist excellent the escapist this movie is awesome yeah <laughs> Uh, this movie, it's, uh, I haven't the, seen this yet, so tell me all about it. It's directed by Rupert Wyatt, who it's uh, first. This was his first movie, and um, I'm guessing based on this movie, he was uh, his next film is uh, a Keanu Reeves flick. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, it's called Cartagena. It's like drug lords and overlords and oh, all, right. all sorts of lord of all kinds of rings. <laughs> but anyway, um, the Escapist. Sum it up one line. Brian Cox breaks out of prison. Nice. I mean, and it is, the movie is as good as that one line description suggests. <laughs> Brian Cox and a bunch of other guys break the fuck out of jail. And what's really nice about this is that, number one, the atmosphere and everything, it's gritty as fuck. It is, it's, yeah, it's not, it's not a kind of a, uh, a comedy kind of thing. No, it's actually, no, no. It's no, gritty no. and it's real. It's gritty as fuck. It's really gritty. It's re it, and um, it is real. I mean, what humor does come along is earned. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the story in a nutshell is Brian Cox has been in prison for quite some time and um, he ha and uh, he's he gets a letter basically saying that his daughter who is um, about to turn 21 um, she's just life is in the gutter she's a fucking junkie you know she's uh, she's on her way out you know yeah. she's uh, on her way heading to an overdose and Basically, I don't know, like maybe because he's been there for so long or the guilt of uh, not being there for her and everything, he just decides that, that that's it. Fuck this. I, I want to go. I have, I have to get the fuck out of here. And um, in the process of doing that, he ropes some of his... Uh, I mean, doesn't... Actually, he wants to get out alone, but... Uh, he needs help. He needs help, basically. Uh, the first person he goes to is this guy, Brody, who's played by Liam Cunningham. Mm -hmm. um, Liam Cunningham is one of these actors... I. You see him, you know you would have seen him in shitloads before. Yeah. But you can't remember any of them. I'm supposed to every, time I, every time I see this, I've seen him in shitloads of stuff. I know I have. <laughs> uh, but, because how the whole thing starts, I'll tell you sort of, I'll give you an idea of how the whole story, how the whole plan kicks off. Yeah. It kicks off with Brian Cox being, off with Brian Cox being curious about where the, uh, where where the back of the the dryers and the laundry lead to? Yeah, you know, as he's unloading because he works. He does. He's always in, working in the laundry. He's always doing laundry duty. And so when he takes out a bunch of clothes in the dryer, he looks at the ventilations in, at the back of it, and is just like, "Where do these lead?" <laughs> and, and that's the the birth of his plan. I won't say anything more about the plan. Yeah, because it's a cool plan. What is very cool about this flick is that um, it cuts back and forth between the escape and the planning. Oh, okay. From the very beginning until uh, it's so that is very, very cool. Yeah. Cause uh, you get to, it's just cool what they go through, you know? And it's like, to, it's like, so from the beginning of the movie, 
you know, you're, you're, you're already in the middle of the escape and you're in the middle of the planning. Yeah. And there's something, about, and the cast is just top notch. Brian mm. Cox, finally, you know, I mean, this guy finally getting a, a rare leading role. Brian Cox is, uh, he was striker in uh, X2. Uh, he's been in tons of movies, tons of movies. He's been in the Bourne movies. The Bourne movies, uh, Chain Reaction. Uh, Chain uh, Reaction. Chain Reaction. Oh, God. No, uh, no but he's, he's, he's awesome. He's just an amazing actor. Yeah. And uh, so, he, yeah, he plays Frank Perry, the guy with the plan. Um, Liam Cunningham is another guy who got into it. Joseph Fiennes plays this guy, Lenny Drake, who's just a fucking, he's just, uh, he's a thief. Yeah. He's a thief and a, and, a, and, a, and he can, he's good at picking locks. So that's basically how he, er, he earns his way in. Yeah. Um, he's also like a, uh, sort of an aspiring boxer. <laughs> jo- this is, this is the first time uh, I've seen a Joseph Fiennes performance that I like in a yep. long time. I haven't, I haven't liked anything he's done in a long time, but Joseph Fiennes is cool in this. Um, and uh, how do you pronounce this guy's name? Sue George? Sue George. Sue George, yeah. He plays this guy called Batista, who's like the resident drug dealer. <laughs> and, and this other guy, uh, Dominic Cooper, who plays, plays uh, La- Lacey, who is the, uh, the newcomer. He's basically the fish. Uh-huh. He's the fish in it. Um, fish. He's the fish. Yeah. And Damian Lewis and uh, Stephen McIntosh play brothers. Mm-hmm. And Damien Lewis, basically, he's the kingpin of the prison. All right. He runs the he runs the show, and he's really he's fucking creepy in this. Yeah. He's really soft spoken. He's not like the mad dog type. He's just really soft spoken, very like you know very uh, you know like just very composed. Yeah. <laughs> and he just comes across like a fucking creepy fuck. I have heard good things about his performance. All right. Stephen McIntosh uh, is basically the live wire, the fucking you know wants to go around raping everyone, and, <laughs> and you know just. Uh, Imagine, imagine the other extreme of the character he played in Lockstock. Yeah. And that's basically like he was—he was a pothead in Lockstock. So this one, he's just tweaked out of his skull, <laughs> all over the place, trying to fuck Dominic Cooper's character. <laughs> and that's—that's fucked. That's he, he looks like he's having a lot of fun in this movie. Yeah. But um, that's what it is. I mean, it's just—it's a Prison Break movie. Yeah. But just the way that it's done. It's a good Prison Break. It's a movie. really good Prison Break movie. I highly recommend this, and it's such a refreshing. Uh, it's a breath of fresh air to watch a movie like this that's English. Yeah. Because normally these movies are American. Yeah. And uh, it really does because there's you know there's the earthiness to the humor. Yeah, yeah. You know it's it's a totally it'd be, by it'd be more a comedy if it was American. You can imagine. I know, I know. I mean, yeah, but that's what that's what I mean by by having it be British. It automatically you give more of a shit about the characters. Yeah, it grounds it. Yeah, it grounds it. And the and you know, but it's like that. The, you know, these English character actors are always they joke, it's always just really real. Yeah. You know, you never you never catch them acting. You know, whereas with the with the even with the American character actors, they've all got their tricks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, they've all got their little I'm going for that best supporting actor nod, you know, sort of histrionics. <laughs> don't go full retard. The English go full retard. And that's why they don't win shit. <laughs> <laughs> Actually I I tell a lie. The English win quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> the English and the Aussies. But yeah, it's good, enjoyable movie. I would highly recommend it. Best prison movie since Shawshank Redemption, in my opinion. Oh, excellent. Okay, I was going to name check that. So, like, yeah, because it's got to be compared against Shawshank, any prison movie. I don't, I mean, I, it, it, it's impossible to compare it to Shawshank in the sense that they are really, really different in every sense. I mean, in terms of tone, and yep. it's, it's different. You know, Shawshank, even though it did get ugly, in, even though it did get ugly in places, it never lost its its uh, Machine. its little sort of you know uh, what's the guy's name? What's that fucking old school director's name? The one who did um, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Oh, I can't remember. It's now. a Wonderful Life. 
Oh, um, yeah, I know. You know who I'm talking about, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, Frank Darabont, you know, he, he, he jerks off all over those movies. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So Shawshank Redemption has that sort of, like, you know, even when it gets hardcore, it still feels like this is a fable. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, this is a fable. This, whereas when things get ugly in The Escapist, it, like, it feels real. It, yeah, it yeah. feels like how shit really is. And uh, that's what's nice about it. And, of course, it's not a beautiful tale of friendship. No. You know, they're all cr real criminals. They they're just all get, real criminals, they and they all want to get the fuck out of prison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there is, there are beautiful character moments in the movie. Yeah, beautiful character moments, and when you see the movie, you'll you'll know what I mean. But it's not a movie about men bonding in prison. No, it's about you know, it's a movie about guys who want to get the fuck out of there. Cool. But yeah, great movie. I really enjoyed it. Excellent. I look forward to watching it. Yeah. Shall we move on to the top tens? Yes, let's move on to the top ten. Too old to Yeah. <laughs> Too late to news. Right. Starting off with the Malaysian box office top ten. Yeah. At the number ten. Sell Out. Sell Out, this is uh, supposed to be a very good film. It's a Malaysian movie. And uh, it's a musical. Oh. It's supposed to be a, a piss take on reality TV and that sort of thing. Okay. Uh, number nine, Fireball. Fireball. Don't know. Don't know. Number, number eight, eight Bosia. Yangan Pile Jalan Hitam. Don't pick the black road. Number seven, Power Kids. Power oh, Kids, that sounds terrible. Number six. I love you, man. I love you, man. I love you, man. I, I hear that's very good, actually. Yeah, actually, it's, it's, it's not as bad as it sounds. Uh, number five, Sarvam. New as well. We really gotta get it more. Number four, Push. Push as reviewed last week. Mm -hmm. Fucking cheaters, don't go see it. They don't deserve to make another one. Don't make any money. The trilogy ain't gonna happen. So they might as well just give them nothing. Number three, X-Men Origins, Wolverine. Still hanging in there. Mm -hmm. um, number two, Star Trek. Keep it going. Number one, Angels and Demons. Yeah. So, say, we got the uh, three out of the top four. Yeah, yeah. That's not too bad. We liked, uh, well, liked one. I haven't seen Angels and Demons yet. I'm not, I'm not sure if I want to go see that. that no, um, well, I'll definitely check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Number 10, Earth. That's the Earth. This thing, is the US top 10? Earth. Yeah. Number nine, Next, Next Day, Day Air. Air. I've heard it's crap. No, really? But Roger Ebert gave it a higher rating than Star Trek. Really? Yep. Well, Robert did just cock. <laughs> Cock. He's a Pulitzer Prize winning cock. The worst kind. Cisco? <laughs> number set, number uh, eight, The Soloist. Hanging in there. Hanging in there. Number seven, Monsters vs. Aliens. Mm -hmm. Number six, 17, 17 again, Efron. Number five, Obsessed. Beyonce. Number four, Ghost of Girlfriends Past. Cock. McConaughey. Cock. <laughs> McConaughey. Cock. Number three, X-Men Origins Wolverine. It's a, it's a, it's a repeat of the uh, Malaysian one. Uh, mm -hmm. X-Men on Wolverine's Origin at number three, Star Trek at number two, and Angels and Demons at number one. Angels and Demons at number one. Actually, I heard that Angels and Demons uh, pulled in huge numbers overseas. Yeah. Overseas, it made fucking shitloads of money. Yeah, there was an update as well as well saying Star Trek is making a lot money. It's only a 44% drop or something like that from the first week, which yeah, is yeah, yeah. huge. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that ends our little podcast for this week. We yep. hope you join us next time. Next week, we will have reviews for Angels and Demons and Terminator Salvation. We will have a review for Terminator Salvation, no matter what. And Angels and Demons. Yeah. So tune in next week. Until then, thank you. Ta-ta for now. Bye.